0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Bold, Beautiful, Borderline podcast. My name is Laurie, and as always, I am here with the amazing Sarah. And today we have our second episode with BPD Brian, who's from the UK. In our previous episode, you would have heard him talk about his story um, and a little bit more about um, being gay with BPD and being a male with BPD who lives in England. Um, Very interesting story from him in our first episode. This time we're going to focus more on social media and his experiences with an amazing social media account um follow him on tiktok and instagram at bpd brian with a y uh hilarious hilarious stuff so brian uh what do you want to talk about
1: i I guess like social media and bpd I'm i'm not quite sure what's going on with instagram have they just hidden the hashtags They did last year. They
0: like banned the BPD hashtag, and now it's available. But I swear I get shadow banned when I use it. So like, all all of a sudden, my engagement will be zero, and I'm like, "Mm, that's not normal. So well,
2: and not only is it not only is it maybe shadow banning us, but it does still give us. Let me let me just double check because oh, like a, a warning. It still gives us a warning. So it says like. Can we help? Post with words you're searching for often encourage behavior that can cause harm and even lead to death. <laughs> if, I'm sorry. I fucking can't. If you're going through something difficult, we'd like to help get support or show posts. Is it only BPD that comes up on? I've never seen that uh, on any other hashtag, but. It does come up on others. So like if you
0: hashtag self-harm or you hashtag. Oh, okay. Like maybe depression. Like there, there are others. Hey, let
2: me look up depression. Let's see. Eating disorders, I think, is another one. Oh, oh my God. It says (laughs) we've hidden posts for hashtag depression to protect our community from content that may encourage behavior that can cause harm and even lead to death. Get support or see results. We've hidden posts? Yeah, it's the same thing. Oh, That, that I've never seen that before. That might be new, but I also don't hashtag
0: depression very often. I just knew that that Mm -hmm. one, I think eating disorders and self-harm are the same.
2: It's just fucking wild, man. It's like, obviously, if you're, if you're searching self-harm and not self-harm recovery or something, that's fair. But just BPD where you don't know, there's 256 potential like combinations. You don't know if we're talking about self-harm or not. Plus I realized the other day,
1: like I followed an account on... Twitter, like the handle was BPD something. Think it was BPD, but it was actually something police department it had nothing to do with BPD at all. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Um, uh. so that's the thing. People have even been that, and people are like nope. Um, but I've always said as well that it's ironic that people accuse those with BPD as being abusive or manipulative and toxic and stuff. Yet it's the people that don't have BPD leaving the hateful comments. <laughs> Like, you don't deserve love. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve happiness, blah, blah, Also, like, not
2: only that, but, like, the vast majority <laughs> of us experience, like, consistent and repeated profound traumas.
1: Yeah. That's how um, we yeah. ended up this way. I hate, like, social media as well, especially when it does come to, like, Mental Health Awareness Week and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's support mental health. Or, like, I found, like, I had a personal experience of it. Not, like, with me directly, but, like... I knew somebody where like they would constantly share like mental health awareness stuff like online, but then they were like stigmatizing somebody that what that was like having issues with alcohol or whatever. And I'm like, you literally posted something about supporting it the other day. Like when are you going to translate that into real life? And I think that's just like the thing that just really annoys me that people will do it for clout just to get a like or whatever, and then won't actually implement it with people in their lives.
0: Yeah, like performative activism or whatever, I think is that what that's mm-hmm. called. Uh, yeah, you'll actually notice that I i don't post on like mental health day or like in Canada, we have like Bell Let's Talk Day, or, which is fucking bullshit. But anyways, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't talk on it. I don't post on any of those because I'm like me- talking about mental health should not be a one day thing. And I refuse mm-hmm. to give companies the benefit of free advertising over my story. And so I just don't post.
2: Well not only that but like the work that we're doing is like ground level like a grassroots type like it's in the everyday like shit that we do it's not about the shit that we do on that one day.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Or, or think- for that matter even the shit we do on Instagram in general
2: right? Like the the stuff that
0: we're doing is like much bigger than Instagram. They don't own they don't know
2: no them. they're just like mm-hmm. the the vessel to like connect with a s- large group of people but it's like so not about Instagram
1: so it's something that I find hard with doing so especially when I do like the comedic like TikToks about BPD and things like that like it's so hard finding that balance because I know there's people where they then may think it's me glamorizing it or making light of it when actually it's just me making light of my own situation and to be creative and I think it's always hard to find that balance I think just because BPD is so stigmatized you don't want people get like again where people are like oh well I think I have BPD because I saw this TikTok about it or I think I have BPD because my partner left me or whatever where actually it's like a combination of things and I think it's so hard to be able to express yourself without people taking it the wrong way sometimes. Yeah, this is actually like the perfect segue into the comp- into the question that we got from
0: a listener. The question was how uh, the so topic it was we asked about topic ideas. They said how BPD has become a trend of TikTok and self and the self diagnosis of BPD on TikTok. So it sounds like you're seeing that a lot. And again, Sarah and I aren't really on TikTok, um, mm-hmm. but like, how do you? Do you find that it's like a trend to have BPD right now on TikTok? Because I mean, I love your posts and I totally understand why some people would think that like you're glamorizing it or whatever. But to me, they're so real. Like, <laughs>
1: I'm just like, oh, shit. Yep, that is correct. Well, I think it's the thing. I think because like I'll do sounds and stuff, I'm like, oh, getting a text when you have BPD or whatever. Like, I think self-diagnosis comes from people where like I, I'll have comments on my video going, oh, my God, maybe I have BPD this is a second post I've seen about BPD. I'm like, sometimes it's just the algorithm. It doesn't mean you've got anything. And at the same time, you don't. it's hard because you don't want to invalidate somebody where they may have actually thought through the process. Um, and so you don't want to say, oh, well, your one comment means you definitely don't have it. But also obviously it doesn't mean that they definitely do have it. The, I mean, the other thing as well is like when people say things like, oh, well, I, everybody does that regardless of BPD. I'm like, to a point, but I think because it's hard because like I don't really scroll through TikTok much I usually just post and just leave it and then reply to comments and sometimes scroll through like my following thing but I don't know why it seems to be BPD in particular that people seem to be diagnosing themselves with I don't know if people said oh well it makes me look like edgy or whatever I'm like no it's hard to live with like it's torment like day in day out and I think even like my baseline there's like an undercurrent of like depression or anxiety and i just about managed to get like get through it even on like good days and i think i don't know whether also some people do want it as then an excuse to get away with stuff that has nothing to do with bpd so but like, oh well, if i slap a label on myself then it's like oh i can do this shitty thing or mm-hmm. um just because i think i think it's hard because things are more accessible these days where you can look up more resources but so i've seen things where people say oh oh like my my 14 year old daughter has it i'm like it could just be you know like teenage hormones like everything i think that's why i think that's why they don't diagnose until Mm -hmm. like at least i think it's 18 over here anyway
0: Yeah. It's 18 Um, year two. Although I had, I for sure had BPD long before I was 18, mm -hmm. but I mean, so devil's advocate here. And I hadn't thought about this before, but the self-diagnosis thing, like maybe in some ways for some people that is because of the lack of ability to get diagnosed.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like,
0: maybe it's, maybe it's valid for a lot of people because they're just like, I would, I would, I would benefit from this diagnosis. I totally resonate with all of these things. But I can't get diagnosed because of the stigma that health providers put on me. And like, also, I I mean, if anybody's, I don't know, Brian, if you've taken a psychology class before, but like every single psychopathology class you take in university, they go like, you're going to think you have every single one of these disorders. You don't. It's just because the symptoms are generic. (laughs) right so okay. I mean I always like my response to people who are like I think I might have BPD I'm like try and go talk to a doctor do a lot more research like looking mm-hmm. at
1: it looking at a 15 second TikTok does not show you whether or not you have BPD no I think especially when it is maybe somebody like myself for example just making light of my own experiences I think if I I mean sometimes I do do videos going in depth and I think this is another like maybe imposter syndrome thing where I feel like I'm not doing enough serious so videos. I don't count as an actual BPD advocate, like whatever. Again, like, especially with the UK where there is such long waiting lists, people are going like with my autism assessment. Like I could be waiting a long time for that. And so, cause I had a mental health review the other day where the person said, I definitely think you do have, you definitely are on the spectrum, but just wait for the official autism assessment to get the diagnosis. They can't really expect you to just be in limbo, not do anything, sit back, you know, because you're still going to need that help.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, wait lists here are very similar because we're also a public health, like, or, yeah, publicly funded system. And yeah. So, I, I, again, like, I think it's a more complicated issue than, like, should people diagn- self diagnose or not self diagnose? Like, the systems aren't set up for us to get a diagnosis quickly or accurately or when we need it. So, mm-hmm. there's no harm in, like, doing research into yourself. Right. Like that's why I have a mm-hmm. psych degree. I'm sure that's why Sarah has a psych degree because we wanted to like identify like who, what the hell was wrong with us. And, um, there's or, and heal. or heal. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, also that, <laughs> but, uh, like it's, it's just make sure that you're not like using it too much without having talked to a providing that mm-hmm. can actually diagnose you, I guess, is part of it.
2: Yeah. I think that the thing for me is like, Yes, this is an awesome tool for spreading information if we're using it like ethically and appropriately, but individuals still have the responsibility of being like, okay, I'm seeing some like traits of borderline in myself. I'm gonna go see a psychiatrist and identify if that's consistent with the clinical definition of borderline. Before they like start making TikToks and being like, you know, I'm the new bad borderline bitch. It's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa slow your roll let's like get in to see a psychiatrist first you know what I mean I think that's mm-hmm. where
0: it's dangerous so yeah. misinformation obviously we all are aware is like so prevalent on these platforms and the algorithms will mess with you I I
2: totally agree sir well and young people, like like Gen Z given that they have always had this integrated in their learning experience like when I was mm-hmm. a kid we had to text ask Jeeves like <laughs> uh, you know, on like T9 under the table to avoid getting caught to figure out what the capital of your state was like on your states <laughs> and capitals test. Whereas these kids have been literally learning and collecting like mm. data from TikTok and Instagram and all of these things their whole lives. So there could be a certain level of like mistrust between young people and clinical providers because they're literally capturing so much information about the world through social media. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting phenomenon that I don't think that we are really like talking about enough maybe. And I how think how important it is to see a doctor.
0: Yeah. I think that mistrust is valid because especially if you have BPD, the mistrust is like you have so many negative experiences accessing healthcare but of course, you're going to not trust the healthcare system, and I—that's a problem of the healthcare system, right? Uh, but it does mean that we, like, we still have to go through the system, regardless of the fact that it's broken.
2: I do think like, it's—you know—we talked with another person on a podcast that hasn't been published about like baby BPDs versus like grown-up BPDs, right? Like, like those of us who are like approaching our 30s and are you know pretty well into remission or partial remission who have an understanding of the system it's really i believe our responsibility as advocates to like improve the system so that our baby bpd folks can access it
1: yeah and i think like you said about gen z always having social media and then if you look up bpd on social media or even google most likely you're going to come across something stigmatizing so they're going to think oh well i'm not going to get help for that because i'm just going to get put away or people are just going to not want to be around me. And so I think it's such a catch 22 at the moment, I think. And again, like you said, I think sometimes I think sometimes I think it's our duty in a sense to kind of make sure that like the right information is out there, the right, the right representation as well. And the different representations, because I think like I said earlier, I think I've only ever had like maybe like a handful of rage episodes as an adult. So I I still feel like I'd fit the quiet borderline. And I think some people be like, oh, well, you don't dye your hair. So you don't have BPD or like, you know, you don't rage all the time. And I think, again, because it's so different in a lot of people because of different circumstances, I think sometimes then that's missed because they're not quite quite textbook or what they expect somebody with BPD to be like
0: yeah it's not if it's not what you see in the movies then maybe it's not but uh, like that's that's not the movies don't do a good job of portraying ppd so
2: can i just say that like that was the most beautiful example that brian offered because like i do see a lot of that like rhetoric on social media about hospitalization and fear of and like i obviously can't speak to what's going on in the uk or canada but like it's pretty fucking hard to get a uh, 5150 here in the States, like it's pretty fucking hard to get put on a 72 hour hold. Like even if you're pretty suicidal and have a plan and intent, it is pretty hard to be hospitalized against your will in this country. And I don't think that people understand that.
0: Yeah. You can, you can't even get hospitalized here. Like if it is your will, (laughs)
2: like if you're going in there and
0: begging for support, you're still probably not going to get it. So yeah, it's true. I, I'm so happy we got a chance to talk again. I've been following you you. forever. And like, I'm so, so, so happy um, that you're able to come on the pod and you can find, we can find you on BPD, Brian with a Y uh, on every platform, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Simple search. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It has, I say fun. It's talking about trauma and stuff, but like, (laughs) you know, it's been good, but thank you for having me. We have so much fun,
0: even though we're talking about terrible things. So we totally get it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Brian, and have a great
2: evening.
1: Thank you, I love again. your
2: accent. <laughs> Thank, you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye.
2: Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey and We can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes. So check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you and we'll see you next time.